All right, well, uh, welcome here, everybody. Thanks for the chance to get to speak again. You guys haven't kicked me out yet. That's great. Um, yeah. Dangerous subject, hey? Um, since there's so few of us, maybe... Um, I'd like to have this a little bit more informal, obviously. I hate to just be up here and be preaching to everybody. Um, do you want to sit in a circle and just kind of talk through this? And so this comes out of um, when I when I signed up with Sim for to be a missionary. They asked me to research what I thought about raising support and getting money, like asking people for money. So I did a study on it, and then uh, through the years I've kind of thought more about it, and then this summer, for some reason, it just really like, I felt a need to restudy it again, and, and I, I recorded some podcasts on it and, and stuff like that, and so then when Matt was like, we're preaching on money, I was like, ah, cool. <laughs> um, and so I was going to boil this down, and I thought, well, I'll just print the whole thing, and then... Um, We'll kind of talk through it, and then you guys have the Bible verses for if, if you're interested in it later. Um, so, like, kind of the big idea of, of giving, obviously, is that stuff costs money, right? Um, everything in the church costs money. Missionaries going overseas costs money. Uh, everything takes time, and time is money. Um, but we, we don't charge for the gospel, and that's kind of the big We've got here dangers of ministry and money that are that are identified in the Bible, like the, the big one, like with flashing neon letters and stuff, is you do not charge for the gospel. You never charge for the gospel. This is really, really important. Um, so in the Old Testament, Gehazi, the, the uh, servant of Elisha, um, ran after, there's a story of Naaman who got, you know, washed and cleansed. And, and Naaman tried to pay Elisha, and Elisha said, no, the gift of God is free. And his servant Gehazi ran after Naaman and asked him for money. And for that sin, he was actually struck with leprosy, not only him, but his entire family after him. Um, as well, um, well, Ananias and Sapphira were stricken dead. I'm not sure if that was for, for lying or for trying to buy something, you know, like buy fame in the church. Uh, and then uh, Simon Magus... Um, I guess I should show you where I am. I'm on page five. Um, Simon was a magician that uh, was impressing people with his magic powers. And then he tried to buy uh, the Holy Spirit. And for that, Peter said, may your money die with you because he tried to buy with money the gift of God. And uh, it was from Simon Magus that we get the expression simony, which during the Reformation, simony was trying to buy you know, the, well, basically indulgences. You buy a piece of paper and then you can send all you want. Um, and so they called it simony. And, and you don't charge for things. You never charge for the gospel. This is so important. Um, but somehow we need to pay our pastors. We need to pay for the building. We need to, and so this is where the creativity comes of like, do we put a, do we pass the plate? Do we put a box in the back? Do we, um, the, I, I find it kind of ironic that, um, I mean, Sometimes there's a stereotype that Christians are always asking for money. The reason we're always asking for money is so we can give the gospel away for free. 
if we uh, if we uh, charged a door fee or um, charged admittance or or you had to rent pews or these different things that were tried in the past, you wouldn't have to ask for money. But because we're trying to give it for free, um, you have to ask for money. Um, what do you guys think about what I've said so far? system that has allowed the accumulation of wealth because it has been a faith-based, God-based system, you know, that, that, our, that our health, our wealth, our, our well-being, our, our peace is grounded in a, a gospel-based society, and, and all that this society seems to get to the point of doing is saying, you guys are always asking for money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, there's, a, there's an irony there. Yeah. Um, a, a Christian society should say... How much more can we give, you know, in order that this should spread around the world? Um, yeah. Augustine said, "Religion, uh, how does it say? Religion had a daughter who was wealth, or, or re religion gave birth to prosperity, and the daughter ate the mother. Religion gave birth to prosperity, and the daughter ate the mother. It's often the case that, you know, we." We live godly lives, and we end up rich because you know the just following the biblical principles, and then, but wealth kind of turns our heart away. Um, there's four four other dangers of money that I want to talk about before we get into like what this is the bad stuff before we talk about the good stuff, I guess. Um, so we are all priests. There's a kingdom of believers. We're all priests. We're all servants of our God. There's no priesthood up there and laity down here. And if a priest, if a pastor has a bad day or a bad year or abuses somebody, um, he doesn't keep getting paid. He gets fired and he has to find other work. Um, so we don't believe in a, a division where you know people are priests forever and, and no matter what they do, they're always paid. Um, we need to... So that's one thing. Um, greed should never be a motivation for ministry, and this is something that comes out in, in the qualifications of elders. Um, not addicted to wine, husband of one wife, not greedy. Um, you need to get it straight in your head before you go into ministry. You're not going to be rich. <laughs> and, and if you're seeking wealth, I mean, and some people, they write a best-selling book. Maybe this one will become the next prayer of Jabez. Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, some people, you know, write a best-selling book and they get get rich, and that's great. But, you know, if if greed is a motivation for ministry, what can happen is people tend to write books that get published and not write books that don't get published. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that kind of came out as I studied more. With um, Paul has a lot to say about false teachers, and the greed aspect kind of always seems to be part of it that uh, they're seeking after financial remuneration. 
Um, whereas Paul, the richest church he preached at, the, the richest community he preached at was Corinth, likely. And he wouldn't take any money from them because he didn't want to have, he took money from other people, as we'll talk about, but he didn't want any money from the Corinthians because he's, he knew somehow, or we don't really know why, but one assumption is that he felt there would be strings attached if he got money from the Corinthians. He took money from the Macedonians slash the Philippians, same people, who were dirt poor, but they were good-hearted people, and they didn't have strings attached. They just wanted to bless his ministry, but from the Corinthians, he didn't want to take money from them. Um, so that's the opposite of greed, you know, like being willing to, to sacrifice, and, and we're going to be poor, and... Um, I didn't really set this up for like question and answer. This is kind of a last minute thing, so just like jump in or raise your hand or. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. When you're going through your fundraising. What's been your greatest insight that you've learned so far in your? Is it called deputation? Yeah, or? deputation. We call it we call it different things like euphemisms, like uh, people raising or friend raising or. Oh, I don't know. Dear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you know that we're awkward when we, we, we feel the need to create euphemisms, but um, <laughs> we'll just call it deputation. My greatest insight, I mean, right off the top of my head, the, the greatest insight is people won't give unless you ask. That's been my, there's been like two people that have given without, being, without asking, uh, maybe three. And usually it's, you need to ask fairly directly. And it's a real a real juggling act because um, you, you never should put pressure on people. You know, God loves a cheerful giver and we should be under no compulsion to give, right? And, and you don't want to hurt relationships either. And that happens sometimes. But if you don't, and, and my pattern now is I visit people, present in a church, get people to sign up for my newsletter, and then I call back and I'm like, I'm just following up from our, our presentation. I was just wondering if you'd be interested in supporting us. Um, and if you don't have that conversation, people don't give. They're like, that was a great presentation. Thanks for visiting our church. We'll see you next year <laughs> or whatever. And they don't give. Um, that, that's my greatest insight. It's not very spiritual. But um, it's also really, really hard. Yeah. Oh, that's a good verse I should put in here. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there are said it earlier that I'd rather work with people who give joyfully. Yeah. So the discernment I think we have as, as ministers of faith is that we try and discern who, who would have a joy in being partners with the ministry here mm-hmm. and have a joy of not just giving but receiving all the reports of what God's doing. Yeah. The celebration times. Yeah. I, you know, I have donors that I know they give faithfully not because it's me but because of the fruit of what their money is yeah. So there's a link to the joy of giving and the celebration of the same fruit because God loves fruit. Yeah. So that's, um, that's, a, that's a mindset. This is, first of all, God's money anyway. It's not the donor's money. It's yeah. What we're willing to reserve. Reminding them. You guys are saying such good things. I'm going to add them in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to steal them without uh, referencing you. <laughs> nothing different than having to go find jobs as a doctor, as a social worker, you have to contract with an organization 
Because they're basically buying yeah. knowledge in our time. And the institution of the church is just another, it's, it's contracting our time and our talents to be used for, for um, edification of society and civil society. And so I, you know, the secular and sacred divide, I don't yeah. like to I like to say, you know, when I was a social worker, first thing I did when I had an office was I had my priest friend come in and anoint the office with mm-hmm. the sign of the cross. Because I said, this is sacred grounds where God works. And so I got paid from the, the government or from clients, but it was his money because I still had to feed the family and pay the money. Yeah. But that sacred, secular divides, so I don't see money. For some reason, the church has become really uncomfortable talking about money when yeah. it's just a tool that God wants us to use for his glory. Mm-hmm. You can keep writing this down. I'm recording it. I'll get my uh, my secretary to transcribe later. I should carry. I love this. I carry a, a million dollar note from the U.S. Treasury. Have you ever seen it? No. Is that the the gospel track? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love. I go through Tim Hortons with this sometimes. Matthew looks at me when he's in the car. Dad, don't do that again. Don't do that. Don't me. So it's a million dollar counterfeit note that has the gospel. So I hand it to the people at Tim Hortons and they go, I won't quote what they say, but they, they basically say, No, is that true? I don't have, I don't have change for this. <laughs> but it's true that but, the gospel should be worth yeah. a million. It shouldn't be not present. Well, yeah, and it just, when I say, oh, let's turn Christ it over and read the other eyes, it's, it's a gift of God, you know. And then he said, well, can I keep the change? And I said, well, no, it's not really real. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just the point of, of um, I would say, normalizing the topic for some yeah. the church has become this, uh, an unsafe place. And that's where Matt, I know, is working through his comfort level and talking yeah. about it. But for me, Jesus talked about money all the time. Mm-hmm. Because that's, we live and die every day with having to make transactions. And it's just, to me, a normal part of yeah. Let's um point four here kind of goes with point one on the next page. We're on page six. Point four here. Um like let's talk about work. Like work is something in the Bible, like it's it's a big theme, right? Um maybe maybe I should skip ahead to to seven point one here. Is ministry work real work? Mm-hmm. Biblically and this is ministry work, real work. Like honestly, um, for me as somebody in ministry, this is a big question, right? Um, you know, my dad is a mechanic, and he worked. He always worked. You know, like he. I mean, he didn't overwork, but he was five days a week, always at work, always provided for his family. He was unemployed for a while, and it really, really, really it was hard on him because he's like he's a provider. He wants to work. And me, when I started off on, and I, I worked and I, you know, did uh, tent making, like I, I worked my way through college, driving garbage truck, working security, different jobs, um, and, um, and also donating our time at the church. And when I left to go, to come here to study, it was really, really hard on me because I felt like I'm not really working. I'm just sitting in school. People are paying for my school bills and... It's not real work. It doesn't feel like work. Um, and we're supposed to work. God worked six days of the, uh, and then you know, created the world in six days and then rested. And this is the pattern that he gives for us. As soon as God created us, he said, 
be fruitful and multiply, multiply um, and dominate the earth and, and subdue it. And then later on in, in second in Genesis 2, he created the man, put him in the garden, told him to cultivate the garden. Um, and throughout the Bible, those that are lazy, it's extremely condemned throughout the Bible. You're not supposed to be lazy, you're supposed to work hard. Uh, and Paul says that those, those who do not work should not eat. Um, so we need to work. So does ministry count as real work? And, and when we work, the worker is worthy of his wages. If somebody works for you, you should pay them. Unless there's some agreement, you bake bread for them or something like that. Um, but it's, it's a sin to withhold wages when somebody works for you, when somebody does legitimate work. Uh, you should pay them. Uh, so is, does ministry count as work in this sense? Yes or no? Do you? <laughs> some reason when you're talking about the sort of what keeps sort of leaping to the fore is the idea of being a mother you know mm. you're a mom are you working you know She's working. <laughs> 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 yeah. is it work because people will say well you know you're 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 bettering your own self you're bettering your own life you're bettering your own family this is all for self, it's for unto your own betterment, and therefore, you know, in some ways, we are, we mothers are expected to do it all, you know, quote unquote, for free. Um, although we're not, not for free, because we are fully provided for by, you know, supportive husbands. But um, in some way, you know, when I went from being, you know, paid on a regular basis to zero pay, uh, you you have to go through that that process mm. of um, mm. is this really work and the, the irony being mm. that I found it way harder than the work I had been doing before yeah. way way harder yeah. emotionally harder mm. you know oh. everything was harder um, and yet uh, you know sleep deprived <laughs> you know all of these things with great rewards <laughs> no you know you. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sleep through the night oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> but um, but in ministry, I think it's something of the same thing, that there is an a, a outside perceived perception that this is a, an exercise in bettering self. Yeah. Um, certainly going to school, the same things. You're bettering self. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your tribe, you know, Christians. You're, th this, is a, this is somehow self-seeking and not work that actually, quote-unquote, makes the world a better place. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess that sort of, when yeah. you were talking, came immediately to mind. That's a really interesting insight. I had not thought of that. Mm -hmm. But saying that then the family should provide for, you know, so if the family provided for you, yeah. then the family of the church should provide for... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that would end up being the same thing. In a way, the shepherd is the mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and the shepherd being sort of, in this case, sort of Matt, but any, any missionary is out there you know, being the shepherd to the world. So it's, mm -hmm. that's, that's really key because you hear of some, you know, bad marriages where the guy is like, oh, what do you do all day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even controls the money. And he's like, you didn't work. You don't get to buy anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I earn this. this. You don't yeah. get to buy new clothes. You don't get, and, you know, obviously we should have all things in common and, and we should share it and understand that, you know, your your work is just as important as my work. There's no, but but there can be that feeling of like, well, this is kind of a gift. Mm -hmm. No, you didn't really earn this. I'm such a nice guy to give this mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And same thing in ministry. It's like you know, Matt is working hard. Mm -hmm. You know, and you are too. And I don't at all want to uh, downplay that. And even people that aren't 
we can't pay them, you know, like sound guy and and people doing the, the finances and, and stuff like that. We can't pay everybody, but we should, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we appreciate people that are only giving, you know, that are working without getting paid adequately. And um, as, as humans, like our, our um, the respect is so, so key, you know, like you don't have to pay somebody if you respect them enough, almost. Like mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's, it's just so important to respect people enough mm-hmm. and, to, and to show them that. I respect. You think about disrespect, and you disrespect the people who are just living on the dole, and you know, mm-hmm. they can be disrespected and, and looked down upon. You know, people who can't work for you know, sometimes for legitimate reasons, or sometimes not for legitimate reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So sort of the opposite of that too. Mm-hmm. And that was the point I skipped over here. Um, one must work for their keep. Is you know one of the dangers of ministry and money is that you need to work. You know, uh, that was part of, you know, does, does ministry count? Um, yeah, and, and we we disrespect people, and we should put some pressure on people, you know. And Paul said, because in, in the New Testament there was a communal living system. And so Paul says, you know, some people aren't really working. They're just busybodies. They're going from home to home. They're talking to one another. They're gossiping. Like, if that's what you're doing, go get a job, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some, yeah. But when somebody's pouring their heart out in, in counseling and teaching and keeping the church running, like we need to honor them. And sometimes we, get, we, we exude that attitude of like, come on, get a job. You know, like what you're doing doesn't really count. How long, how much more time do we have, by the way? When am I supposed to stop? It's 10 to 10. We usually finish at 10. Yeah. Oh, really? But we started a bit late. So. We started a bit late. We're only paying Let's skip. <laughs> yeah, let's skip all the way to page ten. The objections. Or, well, actually, before you do that, what are what are some objections that people might raise to paying pastors? Have you guys heard objections? No, we shouldn't pay the pastor because because God should be showering money down from on high. Or we shouldn't pay missionaries because what? Uh, Paul was a tent maker. Paul was a tent maker. Yeah. Or because George Mueller never asked for money. Well, yes, um, these houses and those types, I mean, their books are like hair curlers. They would just, oh, I need $500, and go down to the mail, and there would be a $500 check in the mail. It's like crazy. But, mm-hmm. yes, the George Mueller's and the Reese Howells, but then there's everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So George Mueller, okay, he didn't ask for money. Um, at the same time, and, and I... I should do more research on this. I've, I've heard people talk about him, and I don't, I don't know the footnote of it, so I can't share exactly. But like, he did publish a quarterly review of his work. He did. People knew he needed money. People knew how to give to his ministry. He toured the world at, at different times and was an evangelist, also speaking about his ministry. Um, don't at all want to downplay his faith or, or anything like that. But, I mean, people that just go... And they're like, God will provide. And they don't tell, like, people don't know where your money's coming from, you know, if you don't tell them. And they're like, God didn't provide. And it's like, well, his pe- God's people didn't know he needed them to provide, you know. Um, and, you know, certainly God can, and I know, I know friends that, um, I have a, a specific friend that spent a long, uh, several years of his young adult life traveling the States and, and living on faith, also tent making, also 
some donations, but he has crazy stories too about money showing up under his windshield wiper and gas tank that was never empty for like hundreds of miles and stuff. Um, but um, what was I, where was I going with that? Uh, I don't know what I was going with that specific yeah. thought, but. <laughs> That's among the objections, yeah. 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 There's. Um, Yeah. You know, for St. James, what I, lo- what I love about what's going on here as a leader is that we're talking about what's on God's heart, and that is how do we grow up as body here? How do we invest in it? And it has to be seeking his vision and his heart for the church. Because I know St. James is going to continue to grow as we hear from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, people's hearts get, get touched on their, on their pocketbooks. Yeah. So. Just to wrap up George Mueller here. I want to come back to that because that would be a good place to to close, but um, there's no biblical command not to ask for money. Does anybody know of a vow verse that says, thou shalt not ask for money? (laughs) I I really racked my brain, but George Mueller, he had this personal vow. He's like, I'm going to prove God's faithfulness to me. And he did, and people still are talking about God's faithfulness through his ministry, but that was a personal thing. There's, there's no problem with this throughout the Bible. Elisha asked for money. He was, you know, there's a woman starving to death, and he was like, give me your last loaf of bread. And she gave him his lo- last loaf of bread, and then miraculously there was more food for her. Um, that's an extremely challenging verse as a, in ministry, as you realize God might ask me to push. My ask might be that push of faith, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that's really poor, like the Macedonians were for, for Paul, um, out of the abundance of their poverty they gave. Um, but anyways, Elisha did specifically ask for money. Um, and Paul did as well. In uh, Romans fifteen twenty four. there's this really quick little verse. He writes the whole book of, of Romans, kind of like a guest preacher, you know, sometimes we go to a church and we preach and we're like, yeah, we love you. And then we're like, by the way, we have a ministry. And if you want more information, there's our table in the back. Mm-hmm. 
And in uh, Romans 15, 24, he says, uh, I've wanted to come see you guys for a long time, and I want to come visit you and be helped on my way to Spain by you. And this is kind of this coded little message, by the way, you know, it costs money to go on ships. I want to plant some churches, pay my voyage. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul specifically asked for money. Um, and he never, he never made it. He never, never made, made it. it. No. He, should, he should pay it back. <laughs> he should pay it back. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, and Paul... Certainly, like in, in some passages, he really, like he, what he did, he did a lot of different ways of supporting his ministry because he was passionate about it and he's like, I'm going to go whether anybody pays me or not. Uh, and at times he did, he did do support, or he did do tent making because he could, he had a job that he could make money. But he also received gifts. He also asked for gifts. Uh, he also used communal living. At times the church, you know, there's a community of people, so he would just live with them and, and eat their food. Um, and when his traveling companions showed up, in Acts, the only time in Acts that I found where it talked about him working, like tent making, was with um, Ananias, no, um, Aquila and Priscilla. And so it, it mentions that he stopped and he, he worked for a while and, and was preaching on, on, on the Sabbath. But when Timothy and Silas showed up, he stopped working and he devoted himself full time to the ministry. So, I mean, he was an awesome preacher and... and and church planter. So he's like, why would I spend my time doing tents if I can? And at some, in some places, he felt it so important to, to show work ethic that he, he worked. Um, but when, when he could, he freed himself up just with his traveling companions. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I really appreciate what you said about, like, it's a heart issue. And that's why I've appreciated, and I've told Matt a few times, I appreciate him. Um, having the courage to speak on money because as our pastor he's like I care about your hearts and where, where your heart is there your treasure will be also and uh, where your treasure is there your heart will be also and so when we're giving to God's kingdom it's like the kingdom is what's important and I care about missionaries going out I care about people getting saved I care about God being Lord of my life and Lord of my finances um, and that's that's really important and it's great that Matt cares about that um, yeah. Okay. Is that where he is? Yeah. Lord Cool. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Keep working on this. What's next? Are we done? Are we doing communion or what? Do you have time? Go back to my job.